0: We start. It's a good question. Well, before we start, I know I have not forgotten Mel. Thank you. (laughs) It's always good having someone at the front reminding you of what to do. Now I know how Mel feels when she's at home and she's cooking. Anyway, um, last week um, we had a a guest with us for the first time, and um, I'm really hoping not to embarrass embarrass you at all, uh, Wendy. But Wendy came along and got some prayer from us and near the end of the service because she'd mentioned earlier to someone else i think maybe to jenny that she uh, had an issue with her leg um uh, some problems some possible upcoming surgery etc and so um a couple of people prayed for that uh, right right at the end some people were already having coffee and um when do you do you mind sharing do you mind can i I can come to you, whatever, because I don't want to embarrass you, but I, I love what you shared with my wife and I just think people need to hear about the power of God, if that's all right. Yeah, sure.
1: Thanks. Now, it would be really embarrassing if I got here up here and said, hey, my name's Diane. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really, it's Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> um, years ago, um, I got hit by a car, um, damaged my leg pretty badly. Um, the young gentleman... Um, was drunk um, and it was a hit and run. Uh, I am actually quite blessed that the only thing that really got damaged was my knee. So I'm thankful for that. Um, Just years and years of um, exercise abuse (laughs) and um, jumping from planes and doing all those really exciting adventurous stuff, uh, my knees just about had it. Last week when I turned up here, I was given a healing prayer. Um, and for some of you, as you know, I was limping when I walked in here badly. It was in, I was really in pain. I'm actually walking almost normally for the first time in ages. And I'm just, I can't believe it. And I have felt the prayers from those in here for that whole week. And each day, my knee seems to be getting stronger and stronger. So, So, thank you all, and thank you, God.
0: Absolutely. Thank Thank you. That's awesome, isn't it? You know, often when we pray, we can be people that hope that God will hear us and hope that God will move. But the reality and truth is that when we pray, there's there's an assurity about that that we can be certain for that we can call out the healing now there are times that we don't see that but we should never allow that to change our theology or 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 the way that we pray for some something just because i've prayed for someone and they weren't healed the next time i pray i shouldn't be saying god if it's your will will you please you know we should always stand in the truth that god wants to and he does and he uses us and so we thank you for that healing you know Because testimonies like that help us actually just in our faith live at a different level. You know, this week was tough, this happened, but I know God moved in that person's life. You know, I can now, I can step forward believing that he can move in my life. You know what I mean? Like I just think that's awesome. So if anybody else here is unwell, has an ailment, something they need prayer for... Grab one of us at the end and let a, a couple of the family, yeah? We believe in the, in the ministry of the body of the believers. So let a couple of people pray for you. Let's see what happens. Who knows? Maybe you need a job. Maybe you've got tennis elbow. I don't know. Maybe you're overweight and you just want fat to disappear. That would be such a good prayer to be answered, wouldn't it? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm slipping into dream world. Though it has happened in some countries, believe it or not. So it can happen here. Amen? Um, as we move into the, the new year, I guess 2020, there's all the jokes about vision and, and things like that, but I, I'm actually getting more and more excited about what God's saying and doing and what He's done with us as a church just over the last, you know, the last month, really. You know, We've had a look at, at Joshua and how Joshua, in one encounter with the Lord, went from being this mighty warrior that had a particular way to fight and he became someone that really just surrendered himself to God and became a worshipper. And in that, he saw victory in the battle. Then we, we talked about David, and you know, David just showed us how to worship, how to be that person, how, how to trust God completely, how to dance and worship God with abandon. You know, that, that's the type of people that you and I need to be as we move into this new year. And over the last couple of weeks, I feel like God continues to, to remind me of who we are as his children. And I think for any of us, as we move into a new season, we need to remember some truths, some foundational truths that don't ever shift, but the way that we deal with our circumstances seems to change. Now, you and I, we we are sons and daughters of God, full stop. We are totally loved, absolutely unconditionally, yeah? There are consequences to the decisions and choices we make and how we live, but we are totally unconditionally loved because before anything, he sent Jesus to the cross for us yeah we have access to heaven a- you know access into the family of god you know i reckon that's pretty good stuff you know he's greater than any situation that we face greater than any problem with a knee or an elbow or migraines he's greater than any of that he's bigger than any of that you know we're citizens of heaven you know i, I love the thought that though we're here on earth we have you know diplomatic immunity as citizens of heaven you know what affects those on the earth doesn't affect me because my citizenship the bible says is in heaven and so it's the laws of heaven that dictate my life so when something comes against me i can just say hey actually no 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 life no earth no world i don't like that thank you for the diagnosis that i'm unwell thank you that i've got that sickness i take i hear you But I I won't accept that fact. I'm going to live in the truth that I'm a son of God and that he can heal me, you know? I have diplomatic immunity here. You know, the Father works in us and through us. He abides in us. We abide in him. There's absolutely nothing that you and I can do that would have him love you more or less, yeah? Yeah. He already loves you at capacity. Total, total capacity. You know, Ephesians... One says in verse 4 to 6, says even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You and I, he has chosen yeah, to make us without fault in his eyes. Just think about the last week alone, how many things that you've already picked on yourself for. <laughs> he sees us without fault, totally without fault. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and he gave him great pleasure. Like it gave him pleasure. gave him pleasure to invite you into his family. It gave him pleasure to invite me into his family. Even the person that you despise. I know nobody here has any of those feelings. The person that you don't like so much. He had great pleasure inviting them into his family, Yeah. This is what he wanted to do. So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Now these are foundational truths for us. Like they they should dictate our thinking and our thoughts, our decisions when we turn left and right. This stuff should underpin all of that. You know, there's a sense I have for us as a family. You know, last year we we know the paintings and we've talked about it. And some may not capture what they're trying to show us, but the paintings were our theme that God wanted us to focus on last year, you know, to see how he sees, to see ourselves how he sees us, to see through his eyes. That's why Grace painted those, was to depict what God had placed on our hearts for this house for the year. And this year, I feel like he's already dropped a word, and I don't want to unpack that too much, but to say that the word or the theme for the year, I believe, for Mount Clear Church of Christ is the word reveal. It's simply the word reveal. It's where his sons and daughters, this foundational truth of who we are, the authority that we carry, it's where the sons and daughters of God are revealed to the world. It's where the sons and daughters of God reveal yeah, the will of God yeah and the person of God to the world. There's, there's a revealing that happens in us, for us, and through us and I think as a house there are things that God will reveal to you for your own life as well yeah, yeah really you know it's a prayer that we can pray Lord reveal reveal you're not, you're not feeling yourself Lord reveal who I am mm. you know something hasn't worked out Lord reveal your plan for me reveal Mom. show me what you've got yeah. you know today i don't think i'm going to finish what i want to talk about today so i'm just i'm letting you know that we might finish abruptly um because there's there's some foundational truths in and around that word reveal but what god wants to remind us of that we need to live in and walk in if we're going to walk in a new season if we're going to embrace what god has for us this year you know I shared this many years ago, but if you think about it, for those that are parents or grandparents, there are often times, not sometimes, but often times, where we say to our kids, if you do that, if you continue to act like that, here's the consequence. Anyone ever done that? Yeah. Anyone ever done that, not followed through with the consequence? It's so bad, don't do that. Yeah. Anyone ever said this was a consequence and then when you get there you times it by five and they go, that's not fair! You know, you said it was this. Point is that we've all somewhere said, hey, if you're actually going to continue to do this, here's the consequence. Does that mean that you love your son or daughter less? No. No, not at all. It's exactly the same with God because there are actions and choices that we make as we live life that bring a consequence with them and it's not because he loves us less. It's just because, as a consequence of the choice that we made, yeah? Father loves us totally unconditionally. But the way that we think determines some of the things that you and I experience. Yeah. And the truth is that in this life, you and I, we're, we're, passers, we're just passing through. We're passers by. You know, I said our citizenship's not in heaven, the Bible says that. You know, the, I love the King James Version. It says we're sojourners in this world. You know, we're just frolicking through the you know, 80, 100 years of life and then we go to be with God for eternity as believers. We're just passing by. Yeah? The Word also says that as He is, as God is, in this little journey, this little snippet, as He is, so are we in the world. It says in 1 John four seventeen. this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. You love that? In this world, we are like Jesus. That is our true identity. Yeah? You are worth more than anyone can imagine. You are totally valuable. You are absolutely embraced. In fact, so much so that he chose you and adopted you and sees you without fault even before the beginning of the world and now in this little time on earth, you and I, we are like Jesus here. Really hard to fathom when you've had a moment at home giving a child an opportunity to not get a consequence and they get a consequence and I know nobody here but occasionally you might lose your calmness we don't ever lose our temper just lose our ability to remain calm it's all in the language yeah, yeah? if you speak it right it doesn't sound as bad I don't, I don't yell just raise my voice to another octave that's all our true identity in this world we are like Jesus and I just want to suggest, as I build the foundation here, that many of us, if we're to be totally honest, have often, in our Christian life, for those that have been a Christian, you know, for longer than a year at least, yeah, maybe six months, maybe you've prayed this in the the first couple of days of your faith, but we've prayed a prayer that's gone along along these lines, you know, from Matthew six ten, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." As his children, I believe, I'm suggesting, I'm totally generalizing that so many of us have actually prayed for his kingdom to come. We've actually prayed for his will to be done here on earth, this earth that we're just passing through, yeah? We're just passers-by. Anyone ever prayed that prayer? Yeah. Read that and go, yes, amen? You've sort of, you've yesed it, you've okayed that? It means you've prayed it. It means I like that God. You're putting your thumb on it, you you print. Yes. On earth as it is in heaven, your will be done. What's God's will? It's not Will Smith. Like what's his will? You ever ask that? Like what's like what's God's will? Uh, and I actually think there's a, there's a whole bunch of scriptures that give us glimpses of what God's will for us is. But I think ultimately we need to spend time with him. We need to sit with him. We need to rest with him. And in that, legitimately, he actually will, and I'll use the theme for the year, he will reveal his will for your life. Yeah, he actually does. Heidi Baker says developing a life in God's presence above all else is the only way to fulfill our God-given destinies. The only way. She gives you no way out. There is no other way to do it. It's not through study, not through money, not through friends. You know, it is the only way is developing a life in God's presence. And she goes on to say, keys to our callings are released when we spend time there. Yeah. Yeah. It's there that God begins to reveal the stuff that he has for us. And in fact, it's there that he reveals who we really are. If we don't feel like Christ in this earth, I'm going to suggest is because we actually don't sit with him enough for him to reveal the truth to us because the word of God is the truth and he's spoken it out that on this earth we are as he is, we are like Jesus. So if we're not feeling like Jesus, it's not his fault. Yeah? It's not his fault. And yes, it does mean that it's the person on the right's fault and the person on the left and the person in the center and the person behind you and the person in front of you and the person that you are and the person that I am. It's our fault, yeah? And I want to suggest that the scripture that we read on earth as it is in heaven is actually insight into capturing his will for us. Matthew ten seven to 8 says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, heal those who've got a sore knee pray for those that have a migraine drive out demons, freely receive, freely give we've all prayed for his kingdom to come, we've all prayed for his will to be done and I love what the Lord commissions his disciples to do here because he sends them out two by two and then he says tell the people that the kingdom of God is near, tell them that the kingdom has come and that it's near the next part it is really important because, well, how will the people actually know, apart from words, that the kingdom of heaven has come near? The answer is in what we just read and what he's telling us to do. In verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, heal those who have a sore knee, pray for those who've got a migraine. Yeah, Raise the dead, freely receive, freely give. This is the kingdom that, be, that actually gets revealed through the sons and daughters of God. That's us. Yeah. I mean, that's really exciting. That shouldn't be like, oh well, that's not the life that I'm living, how disappointing. It should be, wow, if that's what God wants to do for it through me, man, let's bring another dead body. Let's try raising it from the dead. I'm just saying, you know, there should be an excitement in us that God wants to do something through me because I'm his son and his daughter. It's not just about Sunday church. It's not just about... Bible study, friendship group. It's not just about having coffee and tea. It is about all of those things and raise the dead, heal the knee, fix the tennis elbow, pray for the eyesight, pray for those in the morning. It's about all of those and allowing his power because we're as Jesus on this earth to flow through us for those that are around us, yeah? Don't we all love those great those great pastors and preachers and teachers on television and we see wonderful healings and we see great prophetic words and we're like we go ooh and ah and that's awesome and wow you know how many maybe it's not you have you ever wanted to do a a Benny Hinn and get a jacket and just wave it in the air and hit someone with it and watch them fall in the power of the spirit I've always wanted to do that I don't know if I'd get away with it here, but there are things that we watch and we see that we think, wow, that would be so good. The reality is we actually can. We actually can step into that space to pray, to lay hands, to, to, to flick the jacket and touch someone and watch them actually, absolutely immersed by the power of God. Yeah? yeah. You know, I think we can get caught up praying for his will for our life and asking about what job we should do you know should i be a truck driver or you know should i be some fancy you know designer should i should i work in a coffee shop or should i be a missionary you know what should i do should i be a surgeon or or should i be a stay-at-home mum? god what's your will for my life you know what he says he goes well if you're a truck driver, heal the sick, raise the dead, pray for those with it. If you're a stay-at-home mum, heal the sick, raise the dead, pray for those that have leprosy. You know, if you're going to school, heal the sick, pray, raise the dead, pray for those that have got a sore knee. That person's got glasses. In whatever you do, do these things. Yeah, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. I love that one. You'll get there one day. It's good fun. That's for another story. We're praying for his kingdom to come. We're telling people that it's close to them and they actually see it and witness it through us. It's revealed through us. And it only works when you can embrace foundational truths of who you are, your true identity. That on this earth, you're like Jesus. If you can't embrace that because that's a, well, that's a God-like complex, you'll never see those things flow through your life. We are as Jesus on this earth. I'm not making it up. It's scripture. If you don't like it, rip it out. Buy a new Bible, but it'll be in that one too. Yeah? It's there for us so that we can live in the power and the authority that God has given us. What a waste of a death and resurrection if we weren't meant to be as He was. Yeah? I mean, in fact, the Bible says that we'll do greater things than even Jesus did. How about we just work on the stuff that He did do? And then we'll get to the greater things, yeah? yeah? And this is how we're meant to live our lives as Christians. Our calling is to live a new life, not an old life, not a little bit new, not some old, not just slightly adjusted life. We're called to live a brand new life. We're raised in the new life of Jesus, the Bible says. You know, that means we think different. We, you know, we speak different. It means that we do different. It means that we are different. In Romans 6, I think, makes it clear on how you and I are meant to live. Yeah. Romans 6, verse 3 says, well, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So that's this new life. And unfortunately my opinion yeah take it or leave it there are way too many christians and me including once me included once upon a time that seemed to get caught on the fact that i was a sinner and not on the fact that i'm supposed to be living a new life having been brought up catholic thank you for bringing it up aileen most in my experience yeah a lot of catholics in my day when i was in that church as a young man A lot of Catholics would get to the cross and they would weep at the feet of Jesus because of the sacrifice that he made. And that's where they would stay, weeping at the feet of Jesus because of the sacrifice that he made. The issue with that is, yes, we should mourn that God had to go to that extent for us, but embracing what he did for us Let's now celebrate what he did for us and celebrate that death and that resurrection and live in the new life that he's given us and move away from the cross. Does that make any sense to anybody? See, sinners saved by grace is only part of the picture. We were sinners. Absolutely, we were sinners. You and I, yes, you were a sinner. Sorry, that's what the Bible tells me. I believe what the Bible says. The Bible says that we were separated from God and the thing that separated, from, separated us from God was sin. It was our will. It was our nature. It was the stuff that was in us that kept, that kept him at bay. But now having accepted him and him dealing with sin and inviting us into his family, I'm no longer a sinner. He now says that I'm a son. He now says that you're a daughter. He doesn't say, hey, hello, Stephen, sinner saved by my grace. No, he says, hello, Stephen, my son. I adopted you, I chose you, I I see you totally faultless. And in fact, I chose you before the world even even began. That's how God sees us. And then he tells us that on this earth, we are like Jesus. We need to be able to see what he's trying to to reveal in us and through us, yeah? yeah? You know, the word live in that passage, to live a new life, is actually the Greek word peripatio. And it means to walk or to walk around, yeah? To walk or to walk don't you like my pronunciation is that what the problem is if you prefer we can call it peri peri okay but it means to walk or to walk around so what it's saying is that we have to walk around in the new life we you've got to get this we have to walk around in the new life it's not just theology it's not just a theory it's not just something that people teach in church yeah we it actually means that we have to walk around in the new life today but unless our foundational truths are solid. Yeah, we, we actually fall back and we get really close to being like what I experienced in my time in the Catholic Church where I was mourning the death of Jesus and never living in the resurrection power that he had given me. Amen. So watch this. We've got the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes, you can look at it a couple of different ways. Verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. There are, a couple of, there, are, there are a whole bunch of ways that we can read the Beatitudes. But really, if our foundational truths aren't right, the perspective that we live life from and the way that we read the Beatitudes will never be correct. Yeah. It comes down to how we see ourselves. It comes down to our true identity. And I want to suggest that the beauty that's, that's captured, that's entwined in this passage, can only be fully appreciated when we walk out, when we live in our true identity on this earth. We are as Jesus, yeah? We are sons and daughters of Abba Father. We are son and daughter of the King. So you can read that passage and you can look at it as a son and daughter, one who the Father loves, loves you unconditionally, chose you before the beginning of the world, sees you faultless in his eyes, a co-heir with Christ, or, or you can actually look at that passage as a Christian, but someone who's saved by grace and still a sinner. And depending on how you choose to look at the, the passage will depend on what you get from it. And it will also depend on how you live. Because there's really nothing you and I can do that will make Father God love you less. He's a good father all the time. There are just some things that we can only experience when we walk in our full sonship. And as we move into 2020 this year, I, I for one, for myself and my family, for our church, our, fam- our church family, I want to see us walking in our full sonship, yeah? In everything that God has, has promised us. Now, so I want to look at these Beatitudes just really quickly with some time that's left through the eyes of a daughter through the eyes of the son i want to look at the beatitudes through the lens of not having to perform not having to achieve anything i taught this five or six years ago so for many of you you've never you've never you've never heard the teaching before but Leif hetland's got this beautiful teaching and and probably should be one of our books of the month um this year but he talks about as christians we have two postures and he calls them chair one and chair two yeah, you've got, actually, there's a chair three, and a chair three, this is way over here. You are a sinner, you don't know God, you're not walking in relationship. Or you've come to the foot of the cross, you've accepted Jesus, and you sit in what he calls chair two. You're over here. <laughs> or you step into your sonship and you actually sit in chair one. Now, I don't have the chairs here, we had a throne here last time for, for the handful that remember. But it's really important to know what chair we sit in because at times in our Christian walk we can actually swap between the two. And what I want to do is try to bring some teaching into this because when we find ourselves sitting here it's not that it's a bad thing, it's, not just, it's that it's just not a good thing. There's, there's something more. yeah. There's something more. He's got something more for us that he wants to reveal to us and through us. See, so chair... Chair one, this chair over here, I should put a chair there. Get a chair, Andrew. Let's get a chair. Now, let's use that for chair two. It's an ugly chair. That can be chair two, just next to the cross. Of course, my office is locked. No, there's got to be someone in there. Amazing. Amazing. Alright, this will do for a throne. This was pre-planned that if any of you were falling asleep as I did this, you would wake up. It's just, what's he doing now? Oh, I don't don't know. I'm making it up as I go along. Alright, that'll do. That's close enough to a throne. And um, we know this is, you're saved. You said yes to Jesus. Good, that'll work. Okay. So, chair one. Romans eight, fourteen to sixteen. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought um, brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our Spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Now the person that lives in full sonship sits in this chair, full sonship. These are some of the words that capture who we are, capture how we live. Yeah? Commitment to our faith. Yeah? We're saved. You, could, you would call that the gospel of the kingdom. We feel his love and we see his face. We actually see his face. We believe that. We sing songs about it we're living from god rather than for god because i don't know if any of you get this many of us in our christianity have lived for god rather than from god we've done things for god rather than being sent by him yeah there's a difference total difference sonship doing what jumping on board with what god is blessing yeah this is where the supernatural is totally natural. This is where we dwell in habitation and not hope for a visitation. Yeah, We have security. We receive there. Things are revealed there. It's actually it's what Leif, Leif Etland calls the hard work of rest happens there in that chair. It's where we have access to the Father. It's where we walk by the Spirit. Now, chair two, the saved by grace, sinner saved by grace. Believe it or not, I'm going to reference Romans 8, 5 to 8 for that. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in that realm of the flesh cannot please God. It's because we aren't seeing things the way that he's seeing them over here. We've accepted him and we're saved, but we're not living fully in all that he has for us. So some of the words for this chair over here are compromised. We're still saved, but it's not the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel of salvation. We're living for God, not from God. We don't actually, we haven't fully embraced that we're sons and daughters. We still have an orphan-type mindset. I can disappoint him. What happens if I disappoint him? We ask God to bless what we're doing rather than jumping on board and working with what God's blessing. Yeah? We strive, we're insecure, we have fear. All of us can slip in between these two chairs. Yeah? So some of these, you'll, for me, there are times that I'm insecure before i get up to preach there are moments that i'm insecure i shouldn't be i'm a son of god he's given me everything that i need but unfortunately occasionally i'm over here and it's like oh man you know i hope it comes out all right what happens if it doesn't what happens if the people don't like it over here the person says well it really doesn't matter if if they don't like it you're not preaching to them you're you're preaching you know from him and, and and for him he'll like it you know there's a difference it's a difference over there we're restless." Over there, we're looking for the next visitation from God. And we go from church to church to church to church, chasing where God is rather than just living in habitation, living with Him. Yeah. Over there, we can have a childish attitude. We can walk in the flesh. And we have a doubt-filled prayer life. And I'll keep saying, we can sit in both of those chairs. We interchange between them. But if if we're going to grab all that God has for us this year in 2020... We need to realize when we're there so that we can get up and we can move ourselves over here. Yes, yes. Yeah? Because you're saved. You're not over here. You're not separated from God from eternity. You're actually going to have eternity with God forever. But the difference between the guy that swings his thing and, and he sees healing happen and, and people that pray and preaching in front of millions and all of that stuff that we watch and go, ooh, and ah, it's just they've picked themselves out of chair two. And they go, no, I'm a son and daughter of God. I'm going to believe when I pray for people, they're healed. Yeah. And I'm going to believe when I speak, God speaks through me. Yeah, yeah? and when the words come out, there's life and life abundant. And I know that life's not good at the moment, but I won't dwell on that. I won't be fearful about that. I'm going to trust God in it. Come on. Yeah, sure. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you're in this chair, if you're in this chair, The sense of being poor in spirit. Remember, I'm not trying to create a theology. You know, this is the way the Beatitudes need to be read. I'm not trying to do that because there's a whole bunch of really deep truths in the Beatitudes. And there's a real deep truth about being poor in spirit. But if you're living in this chair, being poor in spirit almost takes takes the meaning and fashion of, of being poor. You're a beggar. You're poor in spirit. So it's like, please, God i need this please god i want you to do this you know the, the it, it's it's not a confidence that hey father you know my kids when they come to me they want something even if it's unreasonable they don't beg me for it they might torment me for it yeah but they don't beg me or oh, please daddy please can i have another bowl of food it's not like that when, when my kids ask me for something, it's like, hey, Dad, when I'm 18, do you reckon you could get me that, that Ferrari? You know, like something ridiculous that they know they're not going to get. But there's no begging about it. It, it. There's an assurity that I'm coming to my dad and I'm going to ask him for something and I know that it's within his power to get it. Does that, does that make any sense? But over here, when you're poor in spirit, you're actually you're taking on a begging type spirit. It's different. It's, it's totally different. You, you never feel good enough. You feel that like you fall short all the time and so you beg for the kingdom of heaven. You beg for God's mercy. yeah. You, you beg for God's favour because we're, we're poor in spirit. But God says, hold on, you're my child. Get up out of that chair. Move over here. was so a chair one person. They see the second part of that verse. For there's Is the kingdom of heaven. We were poor in spirit, but now we abide in God, and He abides in us. So Jesus lives in us. Yeah? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Colossians 1, 17, 20 says, He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And all his fullness dwells in him. And where does him live? In us. So if the fullness of God is in Jesus... And Jesus lives inside us by his spirit. And the scripture says that on this earth, we are as he is. We are Jesus on this earth. We read it, yeah? We can't think like that. We shouldn't. And so when we catch ourselves thinking like that, it's like, oh my goodness. That's, that's not who he created me to be. What? Time to get it. I don't, I don't want to think like that. I'm going to come over here, thank you. I'm in heaven. I'm in his kingdom. I'm a citizen. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. I'm going to talk to God directly. I'm going to see him face to face. There's a difference depending on where you sit, depending on where you find yourself because depending on what life does depends on where you end up. And some of us have a tendency of defaulting over here. Some of you may have a wonderful default directly over here. I've got this beautiful thing in the middle called a wife who drags me out occasionally, you know? What are you worried about money for, you know? What are you worried about that for? Get over here, I told you it'd be all right. Yesterday, Mel rang me and uh, she said, have you looked at the church finances? Oh, no, I don't want to do that, love. Oh, my goodness. Fear, trepidation, it's almost like being on the Titanic and seeing the iceberg. Oh, God, no, right? She goes, Have a look. There's been some money deposited. There's enough money to do this, 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 and that. I told you it would be all right. I told you to trust God. So, what she was saying without saying it was, But no, you have to sit in this chair. You've got to worry and be fearful and insecure. Anyone ever been there? Yeah. But God wants us over here, He wants us sitting there as His child. God's placed his fullness in Jesus and he lives in us. So you and I, we cannot be poor in spirit. Cannot. Jesus lives in you. The fullness of the Father is in him. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot be poor in spirit. Our spirit is rich because we're over here. Yeah, and We were poor in spirit once. We're not poor in spirit now. Now we have the kingdom of heaven. You know, blessed are those who mourn. If you're sitting on that wrong chair, you know, that, that example, sorry to all Catholics who no longer live in that place, but you, you, you're mourning Jesus, and you're mourning his death, and you're mourning the sacrifice, and you're mourning the fact that God, and that, that Mary had to kill her son, and that God had to kill his son for us because we were so wicked. Oh God, I'm so sorry that you had to do that. And we just live there, and live there, and live there. But it's not that we take it for granted. We understand and acknowledge all that Jesus has done for us. The thing is that we no longer mourn the loss. We now walk in the victory of that. Imagine if the disciples stayed at the place where Jesus was crucified. Imagine if they stayed at the tomb. Imagine if they never, never got past that. Imagine if they just stayed there and they just wept for the rest of their lives we've lost our saviour we wouldn't have a gospel wouldn't have most of the stories with red letter text any of them really we wouldn't have any of that you know I've got an auntie and I've shared this here before and um, my uncle died many years ago now my, dad's been, my dad passed away about 16 years ago my uncle passed away I, I think after my dad uh, let's say 13 years ago my auntie is still mourning my uncle. She doesn't want to live life, doesn't like going out, catches up with my cousins, her kids for Christmas and Easter because they organise it, but she has no real desire. She actually looks lifeless. My mum, on the other hand, not that she celebrates my dad's death, but she's learnt to move on. Yeah? She's not going to live in that place of mourning forever. And sometimes you and I, we have to live this new life. Even when we're in a place of mourning. Even when life just sucks. We have to do what that Greek word peripatio said and we need to walk around in that new life. Yeah? See, the person in chair one, you know, they've mourned the loss of Jesus but now we embrace the new life and so we allow Father, Abba, Daddy to comfort us. We allow Daddy to encourage us and we walk around with Him freely giving, freely receiving. You know, I don't think God sent his son so we could get stuck at the cross, stuck at his horrific death. It was always intended for good. We need to stop mourning and start living and start walking in this new life, especially if we want to embrace what's in front of us. I'm going to finish i've just got so much but i think you're capturing what i want to say and then i want to pray you know i just want to pray because my time's up but i want to give you a a picture because in the beatitudes in verse five five where it says blessed are the meek for they'll inherit the earth you know often when we look through the lens of chair two all we see is weakness because people often account meekness for weakness but jesus was meek but he was never weak yeah and it looks like this it really does it really does look like this you're praying for someone it would be as if we were praying for 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 Wendy's knee or or praying for Judy's back we'd be saying God you know in our meekness God please if it's your will God will you heal it you know they're they're really suffering at the moment and 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 Judy's not being able to move and Wendy's struggling to walk and you know and at night her knee and 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 whatever it might be you know and we at this point we're so meek that we're weak But Jesus was meek, and yet the authority of heaven was on him. Because when we live in this place, yeah, when we live in chair number one, so to speak, when we come to that verse, blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth, we actually come from a place where we've inherited the earth. Where we pray prayers like, on earth, as it is where I come from. On earth, as it is in heaven, where my citizenship is. So when we pray, we go, God, I don't know what's going on with the knee, but fix it. Just fix it in Jesus' name. It's like my kids when they break something and they bring it to me. I'm not handy. Many of you here know I'm not handy. My kids bring me broken things and they go, Dad, fix it. They don't know inside my world has just exploded. Like I'm falling apart. I don't know how to fix it. Do you know when we pray for someone, we don't need to know how to fix it. We just need to pray it. But we need to be so meek that we're powerful, not so meek that we're weak. But it depends on where we see ourselves so church this year where do you want to see yourself like truly where where do you want to see yourself because you and I will constantly find ourselves here because that's what life's like but we need to be able to pick ourselves up from the bootstraps and say you know what no I'm going to live in this chair I'm going to live in this chair why don't we stand you know the person that lives in that chair he's gentle yet strong gentle not weak yeah? <laughs> our citizenship's in heaven our authority is from heaven isn't it I don't want to live in that chair this year I want to grab hold of our found, you know, our foundational truths I am, you are a son and daughter of God we are valued, we are worth the death of his son. Yeah, that's how worthy we are. He totally embraces us, totally chose us, sees us through his eyes as faultless. Before, yeah, before the earth was created, he made that decision. Regardless of the decisions and the things that you did yesterday or what you'll do tomorrow, he already sees the goodness in us. We just need to choose to get up out of that thing. It would be nice if it just did that. But it doesn't. We can still sit on it and we still do. We just need to find ourselves over there. So, with every eye closed, I want us to pray. Can we? Is Ben here by chance? He is busted. Can I have the guitar, please, Ben? Is that alright? If you could play in the background. I just think this is a, a moment for all of us to make a decision, you know? If we're to be truly real, where have we been living our Christianity? doesn't matter how long you've been a christian for if we're to be real where have we been living have we seen the dead raised have we seen le- lepers healed Have we healed the sick have we always desired that but never ventured towards any of that because we're sitting here feeling unworthy i can't do that i've been prayed enough this week I can't do that. Haven't spoken with God enough this week to be able to pray for someone to be healed. Can't do that. You don't know what I've been like at home this week. Haven't spoken to my wife well, my husband well, my kids well. I, I'm not worthy of that. I can't do that. Thank you, God, that I'm saved. But I'm just going to stay here and. I'm just going to cling to the cross. or where we realize that he can't love you any less, he can't love you any more because he's actually positioned us here in this chair. So regardless of what you've done, not done, regardless of what the enemy in your mind and in your thoughts wants to tell you, you can actually step into your sonship like that. You can step into the authority that God's given you just like that. You can lay hands and pray and believe regardless of what you see. And it's got nothing to do with what your week has held. It's got nothing to do with what you've done. You don't need to know how to fix someone, heal someone, restore someone, refresh someone. You just need to know how to be Jesus because you and I, the scripture says really clearly that as he is, So are we. We are like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus this year. I want to see breakthrough in the lives of the people around me. And so maybe the breakthrough that those around me need is for me to step into a place of authority and sonship. I want to see people healed. So maybe that needs one of you to step into the reality and truth that you're a son and daughter of God, filled with Jesus, who's filled with the fullness of God. So that when you pray for them or lay hands on them, they can be healed. Maybe the difference between an empty chair and a full chair is us stepping into all that God has for us, realizing who we are in Him, yeah? Moving out of there and beginning to live where He's destined us to live. And you discover that when you actually just sit with Him, rest with Him in His presence, yeah? So today if you want to make that shift in your thinking, shift in that physical chair, I don't want you to worry about those that are beside you, in front of you. Don't worry about your children or your husband or wife. But you know that there's more to this life that you can live. You've experienced it at times. But you know at times you just find yourself living in that other chair. Yes, you're saved. not experience that victory if you want to make a change for 2020 i just want you to raise your hand if that's you today i just want you to say hey that's me god i want to live in that chair i want to pick myself up give me the will and the strength and the energy to live in chair number two i don't want to live in chair number one i don't want to think that way i don't want to believe that way i don't want the enemy to confine me to that place i want to move into this place i want to totally embrace my true identity i want to live in all that you have for me i want to see it revealed in me and through me for those that are around me father lord with all the hands that have been raised god even the silent prayers of the heart lord i ask that lord this would be a a a moment that lord we draw a line in the sand god but lord as is often said in this place God, we draw a line in the sand so that we can say, I never want to go back there. Lord, allow us to draw a line in the middle of the two chairs to say, I know that at times it's almost inevitable, God, but Lord, don't let me go back there. Don't let me sit in that chair again. I thank you for my salvation, but God, I want to live in my sonship that those that are in our community might discover a true, living, powerful, healing, loving God. Lord, I'm sorry for the times that I've sat in chair one. Lord, I'm sorry for the times that I've not allowed your power and authority to work through my life. I'm sorry, God, that though I'm saved, God, I've not been a great witness because I've been caught, Lord, almost navel-gazing, God. Lord, I'm sorry for that. But today, God, draw me, sit me, keep me, God, in chair, chair one. Lord, keep me in this place of kingdom. Keep me in this place, Lord, of your presence. Keep me in this place of your rest. Keep me in this place of healing, God. Keep me in this place of confidence, of living, loving, working from you, not for you. Thank you, Lord, that you are constantly shaping us more and more into the image of your son, Jesus. And Father, I look forward to what you're going to do in me and through me this year in 2020. Lord, as I become more and more like your son. And everyone said? Everyone said? Let's live in chair number one. Let's be a kingdom of heaven people, not a kingdom of salvation. Let's be a people that can actually live for him and with him and through him in power and might in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.